welcome to the Salty Hair Self-Care Conversations. Join me, Claire Fole, as I chat with thought leaders, wisdom leaders and self-care believers as we explore what taking care of ourselves looks like. So welcome to today's Salty Hair Self-Care Conversation. This is Claire um, and I'm going solo today. Um, we have beautiful conversations um, over the past few weeks and oh, it is just such a joy and and really such a, a source of um, of self-care to have these conversations with women who are exploring self-care and who are um, just hold such wisdom and who are weaving such wisdom um, in all different ways with connecting to themselves and, and what that looks like for them. But I just wanted to take a step back and share a little of my journey with self-care um, because I feel like at a lot of points along my journey, if I had heard someone speaking about self-care like I speak about self-care, I would have probably thrown something at me. I would have felt so disconnected and just um yeah alienated from um from what they were talking about and so I just really wanted to take um a jump back in time about 10 years and and share a bit of my journey with you but before we do that um I just wanted us as we always do to open up this space with three big deep breaths together. So maybe you wanna close your eyes, maybe you wanna just lower your gaze, maybe you're driving, please don't shut your eyes. But just take a moment um, to join me and everyone else who's listening to take three big deep breaths. So we take a big deep breath in through our nose and out through our mouth. In through our nose and out through our mouth and in through our nose and out through our mouth. And the reason I love this so much as just a really simple um, way of opening up this space and this conversation is that when we start breathing together, our hearts start beating together. And I think that is just such a beautiful metaphor um, and symbol of, of what this is about. When we can have these conversations, we realise how much we're actually all sharing and how connected we all are. Uh, and likewise, when it's just something as simple as breathing, something we're doing all the time, but we can start doing that together, uh -huh. Start beating together. And as we talk about that connection, um, I'd like to acknowledge this land that we are connected to, that I'm sitting on at the moment where I live and record this and just have the honour um, of, of being on. And so I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands where each of us is. For me, this is the Gurindai people. They are the traditional custodians of this land. 
I recognise and respect their cultural heritage, beliefs and relationship with this land since time began. I pay my respects to Elders past and present and acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders as the first people of Australia. They have never ceded sovereignty and remain strong in their enduring connection to land, waters and culture. And I support the Uluru Statement from the heart. So, like I said, I really wanted um, today just to pause from the beautiful conversations with other people um, and to take just a little bit of time to share some of my story with you. And so my intention, as always, is to um, make this a time of ideas and sharing um, and that that leads to soul nourishment um, and also maybe some recognition or a little aha moment um, as I share my journey with you around self-care. So let's go back 10 years. Um, we, I was married to Simon, and I still am. Uh, we had just returned from a couple of years living over in London. So we were back in Sydney. I was working as an EA, an executive assistant, um, to in an investment bank in the city. I was busy doing that. I... I liked the organising aspect of it, but never really felt like this was something deeply satisfying or um, it, it kind of was means to an end. We were hoping to have kids. We were, um, oh, I can't think of a better word than trying, but um, we were kind of hoping to be pregnant and it wasn't happening. Um, and. So that was a real journey in itself. Um, there's that line in Sex and the City that I think of often that you spend so much of your 20s trying not to get pregnant and only to discover that when you want to get pregnant that it, it doesn't happen. And I think I can look back and see that that was a real, it was a real learning um, because I up until that point had been able to get pretty much what I wanted by efforting, you know, by doing. And I know I was always a high achiever and um, could, if I worked hard enough, I got what I wanted. And this was the one time that that, that wasn't possible. It also taught me patience um, and trust. Um, I didn't learn these lessons quickly, but um, that was kind of where I was 10 years ago. And I did not think about self-care. Um, I don't know that I knew the term self-care back then, um, but there was whisperings when I look back. Um, at the time, I around that time, I read Tuesdays with Mori by Mitch Album. Um, and I loved that book. I, I've read it dozens of times, um, just over and over again, and just loving the clarity of how to live. Um, and one time after I finished reading that, I sat down and wrote a note of 
I guess it's a bucket list, but it was more things like become a local somewhere, um, spend a year living in Byron, learn how to sew, get a tattoo, volunteer at Meals on Wheels. It was kind of a list of um, not kind of big grandiose things, but just things that really called to me. And I still actually have that list um, in my wallet. Um, and maybe I look at it once or twice a year, but it's really interesting to see how those things have played out. So that was kind of one um, whispering of, of self-care and, and we'll get to it in a minute. But to me, self-care is really about self-connection, a connection with my self, my soul, that kind of inner wisdom and magnificence and, and intuition. Um, Another thing that I can look back at that time, one of my favourite books was Eat, Pray, Love. Um, and I loved this book, but I was also so frustrated with it because um, Elizabeth Gilbert would talk about just knowing um, that she wanted to do this or that. And I remember just reading it and thinking, how do you just know? And again, it's coming back to that intuition, that being connected to your soul, to my soul and to listening to it and, and to asking what do I want. But back then I, I didn't know um, that this was a possibility. Um, and so, but that curiosity that I had and that I was drawn to that book and that I loved it and again read it over and over and over again, I can look back and see um, that that was kind of a, a clue to how this was going to um, go. The last thing that I look back on was that I um, found this piece of paper not that long ago that I had written when um, by this stage I was pregnant with Nina, but I hadn't given birth yet, but I had finished up at work and I had written this kind of piece um, in my journal asking how will I stay connected to myself, to Simon, to my friends and to the world when I have this baby. I have no record collision of recollection of writing this but I think that's really interesting that even then I could kind of foresee and feel that connection on all these levels was going to be a challenge when the baby came um, and that's really kind of the moment when my Nina was born she's about to turn nine in a couple of weeks um, that's when my self-care journey really begins. Um, I had wanted to be a mum for as long as I could remember. Um, and like I said, becoming a mum was a different journey than I expected. It didn't come as easily as I expected. Um, and then I found um, the it was harder than I expected. And it wasn't the bit to do with Nina. It had nothing to do with my, my baby. It was to do with myself. Um, and like I said, up until now, I'd been able to think and effort and work hard um, 
to get through life. Um, I'd stayed busy. Um, that gave me a sense of fulfillment and momentum. And I'd been having fun as well. But becoming a mum, all of that was stripped away. It was just me and this baby for many, many hours day after day. And I found that really challenging. Um, but at the time, I couldn't articulate a single bit of that. Um, it just felt really hard and really lonely and um, just pretty shit, actually. Um, and that was a couple of things that ended up being postnatal depression. Um, and I will talk about that at some other time, I'm sure. Um, I've written a lot about that on Instagram and, and I'll share some of that on my website as well. Um, but it was also, like I said, that, that being stripped bare of all the things that had kind of helped me to define who I was up until that point. Work, friends, social life, being busy, all of that was stripped away and then I was left with just me. Um, and I didn't know what to do with that. Often my counsellor, my beautiful husband, my mum, my mother-in-law would come and look after the baby and would say, go and do something nice for yourself. They were so well-meaning, but it was one of the most painful things that someone could say because um, I didn't know what I liked to do. I did not know what I liked and that feels like a really sad thing to say out aloud but I was so disconnected from myself you know that soul part of me I'd been so busy and I'd been so um, been efforting so much through life but that hadn't really called on me to connect deeply with myself and so yeah like I said that 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 question of what do I even like to do was really hard um, and so I often when I got time to myself would either go to the supermarket and say, no, it's a treat just to go by myself, not to have to do it with a baby is a treat. Um, or the other thing that I would often do was go to the mall and I would wander around and I would not know what shops to go into. I was like, now I'm a mum. Can I still go into the shops where I used to shop? Or should I now go into old lady shops and clothes wouldn't fit like they used to? And so I would come home often really sad and really angry because it was just another kind of reflection back to me of how little I knew myself. And it was a completely unfulfilling experience. It was just, um, it was even more painful. And, and when I think about it now, going to the mall, isn't something that connects me with my soul. It isn't something that makes me feel good. And so that anger and that sadness was really 
that was my soul kind of shouting at me not the mall don't go to the mall do something else um but it took me a while to work out what that meant so over time um little kind of steps forward um I still didn't like self-care um I think by you know by this stage I kind of knew the term self-care or do something nice for yourself um I had an amazing counsellor who I who helped me to start to put words around what I valued and what did I like and 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 really gently and compassionately and kindly helped me to start to piece that together um, but even then I think I was really intellectual what do I like to do and I think for me it was often what should what should I like to do not a what do I actually like to do um, I started to see a kinesiologist and she was fantastic because she helped me get around my head a little bit um, to kind of bypass that and get more in touch with my heart and my soul which was definitely something that I needed. I started to do some work with Rebecca Campbell who you may um, know her work she's written a few books and we actually went to school together and so um, in the midst of of all of this which which all felt really painful as I was going through it I reached out to her and said do you know what any of this is about I just have a feeling you might and she kind of said yeah it's, it's a spiritual cracking open open you know a spiritual awakening that you're going through and um so she really helped me and a couple of the things that Rebecca helped me with she said you'll get to a stage where your life will be a moving prayer where you will you can go from one thing to the next of, of things that really bring you joy and at that point that felt like a lovely idea but a completely unrealistic idea but that really stuck with me and the other thing that I think um, was one of the biggest ideas that uh, Rebecca introduced me to was the idea of courage and that courage comes from the French word cour, which means heart. And so courage means to live from my heart. And up until that point, so by then I was 30, in my early 30s, up until that point, I had been living from my head, doing what I thought I should do and following rules. I don't know who they were set by, um, but just that kind of expectation and um, doing the next thing. And suddenly to think about living from my heart and what felt good felt amazing. It was, it was so audacious, um, such a permission slip, such a kind of grandiose idea. Um, and it really helped me to drop out of my head and the thinking um, and into what feels good which was completely revolutionary for me and then the next thing following on as these ideas were all percolating and kind of piecing together two really heartbreaking things happened my father-in-law died and then just a couple of months later our little niece died 
and I think death really puts life into perspective and this period after their deaths was my kind of down on my knees I've played by the rules up until now and all of this has happened what more do you want from me how else can I do this and that was you know courage was really part of that it was just to stop playing by these imaginary rules and start living or to live more from my heart so about five years ago then just in the period after that I happened to come across Leonie Dawson's um workbooks she used to do these yearly workbooks um it was called create your shining year and it was this beautiful book filled with amazing artwork and just a lot of questions and a lot of prompts and I don't even know how I came across them but I ordered it myself and I went through and I filled it in and it was such an aha moment for me it really um gave me such a healthy respect for the power of questions um because what I found was that as as she asked these questions and I'm just I've got it I've just pulled it out here um so it says word of the year consider a word of the year what doesn't what does that feel like in my life what doesn't that feel like um what goals do you want to set for this year? Um, what's a hundred things to do this year? My, yeah, my personal goals are goals that are so big and daring that I'm not even sure they are possible. Um, creative goals, family goals, spiritual goals. Um, I'm just flicking through it now to just kind of tap into. Um, this year I give myself permission to so it's you know asking the same thing over and over again and I found these answers pouring out of me that I didn't realize were there um answers which were like I want to write and I want to um I I want to have my own business and I want to help people and I want to be more colorful um and it really helped me to see that there was a lot of wisdom within me that I could tap into when I tapped into my heart, but that my head wasn't accessing. Um, and that I kind of would say, I don't know what I want to do with my life, but actually all the answers were there. So that was a huge one. That was a real turning point in realising that there was something there but I wasn't tapping into it all that often and so since then it's really been for me a journey of getting to know myself so that I can take care of myself and getting to know myself has been uh, about a lot more questions um, and and those questions in themselves self-care and then that taking care of myself by kind of 
putting into action um, what my soul tells me. So I thought I would share just a few of those questions um, with you to give you kind of a sense. And, and if you're listening and like, oh, okay, what kind of questions do you ask to even get to know yourself better? Um, so questions, let me just fire some to you. What was I like as a child? What are five things I love to do as a kid? What was my favourite book as a child? When am I happiest? When am I jealous? When am I most relaxed? Um, what do I need? What would I like more of in my life? What would I do if I weren't afraid? What would I do if I had 24 hours to myself? And so these are kind of constant questions that I'm asking myself. And that what do I need? I find I ask myself that in the mornings to not just assume I know but to actually check in because I find that it changes every day. And that's one of the really important things is to kind of to know that what we need will change every day um, and so we keep checking in and then we keep choosing ourselves over and over again to me that's what self-care is I also feel like self-care is a muscle it's a muscle it's, it's that connection with ourself with our soul with our wisdom our magnificence whatever you you kind of want to call that I feel it's really there around our heart and so it's a connection with that and so it's like a muscle it can be strengthened we keep using it and it gets stronger and stronger um and it, and it's really a devotion to myself um and like I said it's then choosing myself um investing in myself and it, it's different each day but it's checking in on what do I need and, and then putting that into action. Um, and I think it's really important to say as well what I believe self-care is not. Uh, self-care isn't stressful. It, it's not guilt-inducing. It's not a to-do list. It's not something to make you feel bad. Um, it's not selfish. It doesn't need to be expensive or time-consuming. And the other thing is that it can't be borrowed. We can be inspired by what other people are doing with their self-care. But like I said, I, I was so caught up in the shoulds. I was like, oh, I should like going and getting my nails done. I should like going to the mall. I should, um, you know, all these different shoulds, they, they're what should be self-care. But I was borrowing other people's ideas and not actually tuning into myself. But when I started connecting with myself and, and asking those questions um, I just shared with you, like, what would I do if I weren't afraid? I'd dance and I'd sing. If I had 24 hours to myself, I would go to the beach and I'd be barefoot and I'd collect shells and I'd nap. And so I think we often, if, when we're in our head, it gives us answers which are really complicated or which are a bit unattainable. 
Um, but actually when we tune into our heart, I know for me, when I tune into my heart, it's actually quite simple. But it also changes because sometimes it will be, oh, I need to dance. And other days it will be, I need to go to bed early. Or I need to have a really nourishing conversation with someone. Um, I need to walk. And other days will be, I need to run. Um, so I like to call it self-care instead of self-care because it is really personal to me. Um, so just to give you a, an idea today, uh, as I record this, I woke up this morning and I was feeling kind of jittery. And so I lay in bed with my hands on my belly and on my heart and just breathe deeply and connect it in to see what was that about? What, what was I feeling? And to name those emotions, which for me is something that I'm constantly deepening into rather than just saying, oh, I feel anxious. Saying, okay, how am I actually feeling? And why is my head racing? And then it was to say, well, what do I need? And this morning, I really just heard like the ocean. I need to be near the ocean. So I got up um, and I went for a, a walk, about a 25-minute walk this morning before brekkie. Um, and I have this walk that I do just around the streets near our house, but it also takes me into the bush just a little bit. And I always spend a couple of minutes just closing my eyes and listening to the bush and the wind and the birds. And that just connects me in beautifully to what I'm part of and the land. Um, and then after I'd done all the drop-offs and assembly, and you know, then I went down to the beach and got a coffee and I sat on the sand and I wrote um, some things that I needed to do and then I journaled and then a story flowed through me and then I walked on the beach and swam. And then here I am, back at home. And I know being at the beach isn't always possible, but this was a day when I was working and I had the time and I had the inclination and it was work that I could do at home, but I could also do down at the beach. And so that was beautiful. I know that's a privilege to be able to do that, but... I really own that and I really take self-responsibility that if I'd come home and done that work here, it, it would have been different. Um, and I wake up early in the morning just to have that time before the day starts to go for the walk, to do those things. Um, yeah. And so you can see they're just simple things, but it's, tuning into what I needed today and then it's also receiving them I think that's the other thing and we'll talk about that more as we go but just that gratitude and that really conscious receiving of this is nourishing my soul this is what I need I'm grateful to myself for for recognizing that and for doing that and I think it gets really interesting when we realise that we're often told, again, back to these expectations, that 
doing and achieving um, a more valued kind of in society than, than listening and giving ourselves what we need. Um, and so I, I really think that self-care is, is this radical form of activism. It's not only completely nourishing ourselves, but we give the world the best version of ourselves and we are, you know, I'm, I'm saying no, it doesn't have to cost anything. It just has to, to nourish and to nurture me, make me feel closer and more connected and with that, that magnificence of me and that then helps me to see that in everyone else. So it's simple and it's not, but it, it's powerful. Um, and so I hope that helps. I, I hope you can kind of see over the last 10 years what a journey it's been from really actively hating self-care, the rage that it used to bring up in me, and to now thinking it's, it's really part of the meaning of life. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my journey. I'm sure we'll keep delving into that. Um, and, and I just love getting to have this conversation with, with guests on here and over in the membership and over on social media with you about where self-care fits for you and what it means to you and what it looks like to you. So um, I would love to hear you if that is what self-care the idea of self-care if that's something different to what you have thought or if it's kind of your that your your that idea of self-connection is, is something that you have connected with in the past or that's something that you really weave into your day um just to to hear what does self-care look like today you and if there's something that has just tweaked a thought um, if there's been in a heart to heal what is that for you today so I hope the day is filled with peace and with joy keep weaving those in and I will see you next week thanks bye thank you so much for joining me for this salty hair self-care conversation I hope you're feeling nourished, connected, a sense of aliveness, the way talking about ideas does. And maybe, wow, I didn't realise there were other people who felt like this too. If that's you, you may be interested in our Salty Hair Self-Care membership, a beautiful, inclusive community of women, monthly online circles and gatherings, regular prompts and inspiration, and a sense of belonging and being surrounded by others who are also exploring what it means to take care of themselves. Membership is currently $25 a month and that'll be going up to $40 a month shortly. There's a link below to come and join us. If you're listening on iTunes, I would love you to subscribe, rate and leave a review. That helps others find these conversations too. And finally, I would love to connect with you over on Facebook and Instagram at Salty Hair Self-Care. Until next week, keep weaving joy and peace into your day. Bye.